Lori Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, Three Broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. If you want to learn more about your hosts, make sure to listen to episode one. Hello, Chris. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good. You know, I'm missing Lori. It's always hard when one of the three of us is gone, but I'm sure she's doing something amazing. She's probably, I don't know, in a rocket. She really likes rockets. I know. She's (laughs) spectacular. There's something amazing going on. And it's summer, which is always hard to pull everybody together. Yeah. Well, anyway, speaking of summer funny you know I just before we got on the call today I was what my kids at summer camp and you know when I was a kid I grew up in New Mexico and this just was not a thing it was in the movies you know and I just didn't get it I was like oh look at all those young people the the, the, lakes you know I just it wasn't something that I experienced did you go to summer camp or was summer camp part of like your childhood I did I I mean it wasn't So I spent most of my summertime with my grandparents, which is where I fell in love with gardening and everything that I do. And I get to talk about all the other times on the show, but um, I did get to go to basketball camp a couple of times. And I have very fond memories of meeting all uh, the young women who were, you know, young girls, we were all trying to learn basketball and, and play our sport better. So that was fun. And then I also went to like a youth church camp where um, you know, were away from home for a while. You had the lake access, you had chores in the kitchen, you, you had, you know, Bible study, and you had times where you were singing and doing different things. And so, yes, I have had a few different camp experiences um, in a summer camp kind of way, but I didn't have like that summer camp where you leave home, go do activities, and then come back home at night. It was always away from home. Oh, sleep away camp. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's exactly what I was thinking of the, the sleep away camp. That's what um, my son William is doing this week. And I'm excited to hear about archery and canoeing and all of those things. And it sounds like it's a really important time. You know, my husband went as a kid and he just is, he's very enthusiastic about it. So although I didn't go and I didn't really understand it when I was a kid, it's kind of fun to be reliving that through William's experience. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah. He's and, probably going to love it. it. You know, he's probably going to build some friendships there that are really, really special. So I hope that for I him. hope so. I yeah. hope so. And, you know, he's in summer camp here in Wisconsin, Wisconsin, big summer camp destination. People actually come from around the country. Another amazing thing that we have going on here in Wisconsin, as you know, is manufacturing. And today with us, we have a native daughter of Wisconsin, yes. um, Mila, Milena Ivatich. Is that right, Milena? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. Um, Melina is currently the corporate vice president, service manager and board member and minority owner of Uzalak Industries. She's worked at Uzalak Industries full time for the past three years while handling the company's marketing in her previous roles over the past eight years. She has a strong background in marketing, advertising and project management. 
Most recently, she worked as a project manager at a marketing creative firm in Chicago for four years. So she got her chops there. Chicago, big marketing town. As a service manager, Milana focuses on building up and organizing the service department to ensure all service providers flow seamlessly to meet and exceed their customers' expectations. So welcome. We're Thank gonna, you. Mia. Mia is our, our term of endearment that <laughs> is acceptable today. So we're going to call you Mia. Welcome. Yep. We're so glad to have you here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. We're, we're so happy to have you here. Before we go too much further, can you just give us a quick rundown, Uselec? Because I did my research and I was like, this is cool. Mm -hmm. So I think you can explain it better than me. Would you mind? Sure. Yes. No problem. So um, Uselec Industries designs and manufactures rotary dryers. Um, So they're not like your clothes dryers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They're not like clothes dryers. They're um, very large industrial dryers for rendering plans such as Tyson, Cargill, JBS. Um, We have some big wood chip dryers for like timber processing plants, um, digestate, anaerobic digestion, you know, the natural RNG is a big thing now. So um, we've gotten into that drying the digestate. So a lot of different fields. Um, Also, we also work with um, some farmers as far as like their chicken manure, things like that. We, We don't dry anything very like fancy, I guess. Most of the things besides like wood chips is kind of gross, but <laughs> yeah, definitely it's, in, it's all important stuff. Fancy yeah. stuff's not important. You guys are taking care of the important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And Good. Good. An engineer. So, uh, engineer in-house and we also have our shop and fabricate everything in Greendale. You do yes. better yet. Well, wonderful. And, and I guess Mia, what drew you in to working for Uzlak. Tell us a little bit about what brought you into the organization. So um, I know you guys mentioned a little bit earlier, but it is my father's company. Um, Family owned, we love it. Yeah, so I kind of have always wanted to be involved. Um, I've been involved kind of part-time or a little bit early on. Um, In college, I did an internship for one of my marketing classes. That was one of my internships. and then I also handled the marketing at my previous firm. So when I worked uh, my first couple jobs and I was in Chicago, I actually still did handle their marketing. So it was something that was nice I could be familiar with. Um, but also I think it was nice to have that kind of experience elsewhere before coming in to sure. work full time. I felt like, you know, explored all of my options. Um, I was bringing something to the table. My dad actually had a rule that we, could, we couldn't work for the company for five years. Oh, college. Yeah. So yeah, wanted to get some real world experience, bring us in, um, at least me for now, my sister's not at the, co- she does our social media, but she's not full-time at the company. She's a board member. Mm-hmm. Um, but so my decision after five years was to come on and I feel good about that decision after mm-hmm. having other experiences. So, yeah, uh, I love that rule. <laughs> honestly, a nice rule. I actually was at, um, I was at a business forum last year and it, it was at a panel and that, that was, that was another similar rule that I heard there too. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. I mean, yeah. get some experience and bring something to the business, you know? Right. Right. Some people might think of it as a way to sort of um, mitigate problems with nepotism or something like, no, you need to kind of earn your way in. But I would imagine the beggar, 
bigger benefit is that you get that external experience and then bring that back to the company and the company wants to benefit from your experience. So, yes, that was, I think the idea behind it. That's so cool. And I would think too, that it would even um, drive toward your own love and desire to come, come back, be there. Yeah. So, you know, cause you could determine if you have a passion somewhere else and maybe, exactly. maybe you thought about it, but you weren't really sure. So you get to explore those outside interests and really determine if you want to bring uh, all of yourself into that business. So I, I think there's so much value in, in taking that time away for sure. Yeah. Exactly. And that was, that was definitely part of it. It wasn't that we ever had to work at the business. It was always an option, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was nice to go out and get some of our own experience and, you know, learn different things and be involved in different things and then bring some of that experience back to the company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Well, I have, you know, just an abiding love of any family owned organization or family founded organization. And since it's been in your family, you've known this industry, not only this organization, but you've known this industry for throughout your whole life. Do you think that gives you a different perspective on what it's like to be a woman in manufacturing, given that you've seen it your whole life? And what is, how is your experience as a woman in manufacturing? So my experience overall has been good. Um, I would say there's plenty of meetings that I'm in or places that I'm at where I'm the only woman in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just definitely something to get used to. That's not the case in marketing. <laughs> so that I, not something I didn't know going in, but you seems more apparent when you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I mean, going into like certain trade shows, things like that. Um, I know that I've been told, oh, there's many more women here than there used to be, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, but there are some people that you can tell almost are like surprised that I'm there at the manufacturing booth and I'm not, you know, just the marketing girl and, you know, I need to talk through some things with them. And I think that's just, as long as you speak with confidence, um, like you're supposed to be there, I I don't think that there's any hesitance or issue with it with other people. Just, I don't think anyone ever means anything by it, acting surprised to see you, but that's just the reality of the situation is a long time ago. There were not a lot of women before. Um, so I think from what I've heard, there is a lot more now. And it's not just people's wives coming to conferences with them. <laughs> people actually <laughs> attending the conference and working there. Yeah. It yeah. is interesting that people comment on it to yeah. let you know, though. And I, I would take that as encouraging. And it sounds like it feels encouraging. Yeah, I've never I mean, I've definitely never had any issues. It's just something that um, I've became more aware of because you would never you would there would be a lot more women at my other <laughs> <laughs> conferences, trade shows, things like that, that I never, I guess, would even, no one had the opportunity to ask that question or make a comment like that. But it happens still pretty often, but it's nothing to be really discouraged about. It's just an observation, you know? Sure. People that have been yeah. there a long time. Yeah. 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 And I would even say that, and I know we've mentioned this in the past. I don't think we've gone into too much detail, but there are organizations today like Women in Manufacturing that really support awareness and give a place for women to see other women and women allies, because it's not always just about women, right? It's it's yeah. about the ally group around, but these resources that uh, give you experiences, because even for myself, when I was younger, 
often I would be the only woman in the room as well. And it's not even, it's not that uncommon today still to be the only woman in the room. So um, you're right. But as you want to build a career and you want to have other women to talk through things with, just know that there are a lot of organizations that are available to you today that weren't there in the past as well. And they've been great. Yeah, that's something that I definitely, I haven't joined any organizations like that yet. We've, I'm part of a family business organization, which is nice. Um, yeah, oh, sure. But I, I would like to, I've seen some um, advertisements for women in business and I'd like to start to go to some of those things. It's nice, especially yeah. in manufacturing because it's so specific. It's just a lot of women are in business, but not a lot of women are always in manufacturing. So you're much has- a minority in that situation still. Yeah. And it has its own culture and its own points of reference and so forth. So to connect with, and as Chris said, she's been a part of women in manufacturing, just finds it such an exciting group and not out of the, I think there's also a bias. People might think, oh, that's where you go to like shed your tears and have your safe space. But I hear from Chris that it's much more about just excitement and fun and positive, you know, a sense of like, you're not alone because Mm -hmm, there are so few women really doing it. And how fun is it to have that shared, um, experience? Yeah. Yeah. Where you just can be advocates for each other and really just, you know, encourage women to be the exciting people that we know they can be inside manufacturing or construction or all the ancillary industries that support manufacturing. I think we all know that uh, we need to have manufacturing thrive and survive and do really well if we're just going to keep building the world that uh, we all want to to build. And um, the more people that we can bring in, and that includes all genders, we want to make sure we're doing that, right? So yeah, awesome. Well, I'm curious, just, you know, as you think about coming into your professional career, what are some of the challenges that you've faced? And maybe if you have some advice to anybody who's taking that next step professionally, and it doesn't have to be manufacturing specific, what type of advice do you have? So what, what have you learned? And, and what were some of the challenges you faced? And then any advice for people? I think some of the challenges, well, some of the challenges I faced specifically coming out of college, um, it was a very saturated job market. Mm. And so when I was applying for jobs, I, it was very difficult to find a job in my field. So I actually went into um, radio sales in Chicago and that was my first job did for a year, did radio sales and digital sales. So digital marketing sales. And that actually, it was very helpful further along in my career. First of all, I do have a lot of respect for anybody that's in sales. It is not easy to do. (laughs) Um, So it was was definitely good to learn. Yes. But also in my previous, my uh, next job after that, when I was at the creative agency, we actually bought a lot of digital marketing. Mm. So it was nice for me to be able to understand it. That's actually, I think part of the reason they even hired me at that job as a project manager. So I did move into my field after that, but I didn't find a job in my field right away. So I would say, I mean, don't be discouraged. It's really good to learn different things. And Mm -hmm. I would just look at it as a positive and what can you learn out of the situation instead of being discouraged that, oh, I wanted a job in marketing as a project manager. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept any jobs. Otherwise, I think sometimes it's nice to really get your feet wet and learn, learn some other things, you know? Um, And then I think at the end of the day, 
even at this job, I still like, I still, we I do the marketing as well. Besides service manager, I still, I still handle the marketing and we still even, I mean, I have a digital marketing agency that I work with. We have monthly meetings, go through things and it's nice to be able to understand it. So even in my job today, my very first job that I didn't really feel like had much to do with what I wanted to be doing is still applicable to me. Yeah. And that just circles right back around that uh, how we started the conversation with the sort of the five-year hiatus that your family business has. That's precisely the reason how much more sophisticated you are in your role because of, you know, having to beat the pavement, find yeah. a job, do something yeah. unexpected. And now all that knowledge is coming back to benefit the the organization. And that's probably one of the risks that a family-owned company takes is that they get kind of insular. So your experience is really benefiting everybody at your current company. That's cool. Yeah. I like to think that at least. It is nice, but it now that I've started kind of transitioning, I still do the marketing, but I've transitioned into other roles. It's actually very interesting to learn, like as far as service goes, something really completely new because- yeah my experience before really was in marketing. So now yeah. it's nice to be able to kind of expand what I'm doing, you know, in a totally different industry within the company, yeah. totally different department. Yeah. I really like the advice to uh, other people to not feel like you have to go in the same direction as your degree, if there's nothing available at that time, because what's true and it's what you're describing right here is that in organizations, often you have to wear a lot of hats anyway. So you're going to have to feel a little bit comfortable continuing to learn. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know change is constant, right? So there may be times in an organization where companies, for sure, there are going to be times (laughs) where change is going to occur and you're going to have to accept that change and move in that new direction. And if you can get comfortable with that early in your career, you'll... you'll be so much better gifted at accepting that and doing what needs to be done later in your career. So you've got a really good foothold there. I like that. That's a really, that's a really good point. The ability to be flexible and nimble, particularly, you know, in 2023, where is a millennium ago in terms of what you can do with technology and what the marketing standards are probably what the service standards are. And it sounds like your, um, the some of the the product opportunities that your company is experiencing are also changing with you know new technology and renewable energy and so forth, which I think we'll talk about that in a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So we always like to give our audience a chance to get to know our guests just a little bit more, not just on the business front, but on a personal front. So we like to ask, what's something that not many people know about you that you can share with us? Well, something I guess that not that people know me that me today might not know about is um, I did play piano for 10 years. 10 years. So, yes, I did. That's dedication. Yes. You know, well, mostly dedication because my parents were like, eh, you have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was not my, I wasn't bad at it, um, but it's just not something I kept up with because it, I mostly learned classical music. And sometimes, you know, when you're like, five or six years old it's not what you want to be playing so I think I just had a hard time gravitating towards it I played sports yeah soccer mainly basketball I mean did all the sports in the summer like everybody else tennis golf all that but it just not many people know that because I just I didn't keep up with it but I did play a really long time and we 
uh, they would put us in like the federation and we would get graded it was very intense but most people would never even know (laughs) I I don't I don't play anymore at all so okay wait I have another question for you um so obviously you learned classical music you just shared that but do you have like a a modern day favorite person who plays the piano with their music that you're like wow this is really awesome honestly not not anybody specific it I appreciate because I've had to play anybody really that can play well (laughs) but I've always (laughs) found it the the I've always found it interesting um that artists can play the guitar and the piano and then like Mm -hmm. four or five different instruments. I think it's hard enough just honestly to learn one. It takes a lot of talent to do multiple. Yeah. And sing at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have to say Alicia Keys, like she's my all time favorite. And I can still remember the Grammys where she sat at the bench and had the two pianos right there. And she sang and she was doing other people's music and she's playing both pianos. And I'm like, (laughs) And I never played the piano, so I I don't even have the same appreciation you do, but it's, it's so fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it that would be so tough to play two different pianos. It's, it's really, it's I'm sure very fun to learn. And maybe if I learned a little bit differently, or maybe if, if I learn more like willingly, I think maybe <laughs> <laughs> like more instead. Well, Mia, yeah. you're still young, and you yes. never know when a piano might just. show up in your life and you might have a chance to revisit that. I think (laughs) that that's a talent that of course you get rusty, but you just, as Chris pointed out, you have an appreciation that is very uh, hard to um, experience without having that level of instruction. And I think that, you know, what I noticed, we have a theme in this conversation today about the benefit of experience, both new experience and about the longevity of experience that comes from a family-owned organization or family-owned company from really committing to something over the years, even if it isn't your number one favorite thing to do. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you brought that to our, to our program today. Um, so we're going to move into the next section of our, of our conversation where this gets a little off the, off the cuff, off the page, but we talk about, I just learned that. And this is honestly one of my favorite parts of the show. And I'm going to start with Chris, Chris, tell me something you've just learned. Okay. So, um, I think I might've said this earlier, but for my 50th birthday this year, I want to travel to Italy and. (sighs) Something that uh, I just learned uh, is about where the name uh, Margarita Pizza came from. So uh, there was recently like some archaeological finding where they were finding a picture of something that looked like a pizza Mm -hmm. on a real old drawing that was found. But it shared a story about how um, there was a chef who had chosen toppings that were the three colors of the Italian flag. So the mozzarella, the tomato sauce, and the basil, which make up a margarita pizza, where that pizza came from. And he called it margarita because of the newly uh, unified Italy had a shirt and it was Margarita of Savoy. So her with the queen's name. So that's where the name Margarita Pizza comes from. And I was like, okay, that's new. 
That is totally new. And, you know, I will have to talk about this. My husband and I lived in Italy a year after we got married mm -hmm. and I did not have access to that information. So I'm glad you shared that with me okay. today. Well, I am going okay. to be leaning on you. So what did you just learn, Erin? Well, it's totally different. It and could. I feel a little bad talking about this after talking about something yummy, but <laughs> so there's this problem. It's called a spongy moth and they eat all the oak leaves of the trees and they're getting really bad. I don't know if they're getting bad around you guys, but they're getting pretty bad around here in Madison. Mm. Um, my friend, she's has a real problem with them and she stays up all night killing them. They're terrible. Anyhow, I learned that if you look for the egg sacs on the, on the um, bark of the tree in the fall and like scrape those off, that's one really good way to keep those little buggers from um, taking over your trees. So, so they're spongy moths and are they occurring yes. in other parts of the United States or just in Wisconsin or I think they're, I think they're all over the place, but they're super bad for oak trees and they okay. and she said that she can hear them chewing literally there's so many of them on the, and that they're kind of oh and they're kind of fuzzy <laughs> you know there's they're disgusting anyway yeah. so just keep your eye out for it's like a little brown teardrop uh, shaped patch on the trees in the fall and I feel like if we all just are vigilant <laughs> scrape those off, then maybe we can get a hold of this problem. All right. Well, thank you for making us aware. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, goodness. Mia, I hope whatever you just learned will get our minds off of this disgusting bug problem. <laughs> well, mine is a, a very different than both of those things. Um, so I was just at the, the show. It was in Chicago called Biogas Americas. It's just the annual um, biogas show. And mm -hmm. I learned that European countries are very far ahead of the U.S. in the renewable, renewable natural gas space. It wasn't really something I was aware of, but there was a ton of people really from like the U.K. mainly yeah. all over Europe, but a lot, a lot of people for whatever reason I spoke to that were from the U.K. that they already had projects running for years. Oh. And most people that we talk to here about the, um, the really large scale projects um, haven't really got off the ground yet some of them like smaller scale they're doing it. i mean we're involved in some projects mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of people you can talk to on the really big scale projects that have been up and running for a while so that was really interesting to me and i know now it's becoming a lot more well it's incentivized here with carbon credits and things like that um so i know that now there's a lot much larger interest in that here but mm -hmm. I didn't know that Europe has been doing this for a while. <laughs> so that was interesting to talk to so many people like, oh yeah, no, I have one of those. I have a couple of plants that are running like that. And, oh, wow. That's interesting to me. Yeah. That is really yeah. interesting, especially that niche of renewable energy. You hear about mm -hmm. other things like wind and solar occasionally, but um, biogas is something I certainly don't know a lot about. And it, and it makes sense in any like population dense area that that would be something you'd look for because you're producing so much of the source material, shall we say? I don't really, I'm getting in over my head. I should stop. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for sharing that with us. Well, great. It's been so lovely to talk with you. Yeah. And we want to make sure that anybody who's interested in, uh, in either your experience or use a lot can get a hold of you. So where should they go to find you? 
Um, well, if they're interested in learning more about the company, of course, always go to the website. Um, a lot of information there about, well, about what we do, about the company, about the different types of dryers we make. We have information about all the industries we work in. We have an items dried page that shows all the items that we've dried. <laughs> oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. 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 I might go look just, at that. Yeah. Yeah. Just to list it. The craziest things are on there. <laughs> and yeah. So if you are interested in that, feel free to look at the website. Um, it's just usalacind.com. Otherwise, if you want to reach out to me, um, you can always shoot me an email, uh, mia at usalacind.com or add me on LinkedIn. Um, really anything like that. Be happy to talk to anybody about really drying advice, whatever, you know? Great. Yeah. Wonderful. Perfect. Yeah, you're a great guest. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcasts.com.